Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are in the chat, uh, chapter 11 of Mark. And if you remember the previous episode, we just saw where Jesus spoke to a fig tree and said, may there be no more fruit that comes from you. I think Matthew actually describes it as he cursed the fig tree. <clears throat> and uh, that probably carries the wrong connotation for our society. He just spoke to it and said, hey, may there be no more fruit come from you anymore. Okay. Well, the very next thing that happens, verse 15 of Mark chapter 11 says this. Then they came to Jerusalem. So remember, they were ahead of the Jerusalem. They arrived back in Jerusalem. And Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturn the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. So Jesus comes back to the temple. Remember the previous day he'd come into Jerusalem, what we call the triumphant entry, okay? You sort of tell I don't like that term, you know. But he comes in there, and he goes to the temple, and he looks around. Basically, he's scoping it out. He's seeing what is going on here, okay? He sees all this. He comes back the next day, and he overturns the tables, literally. He literally goes in there and flips the tables over and drives those that were buying and selling out. Now, this is the second time Jesus had done this. He did this at the beginning of what we call his ministry, that type of thing. He did it then. Now he's doing it in the last days that he's here on earth. And those that were buying and selling, he's running them out. He's driving them out. Well, what were they buying and selling about? Well, there's a couple of things. They were exchanging uh, money uh, for various animals, for sacrifices that were needed. So if you're coming to Jerusalem to offer a sacrifice, instead of hauling a cow down here, whatever it is you want to sacrifice, you take some money and you buy one there. So you got that element going on. There's also a thing, you don't see this in the scripture, but we know this from history, and I just learned this recently, really, that the temple was working hand in glove with the Roman government in collecting taxes. The collection of taxes came through the temple, apparently, okay? And so I checked that out. I mean, I ran across that with a source that I really trust, you know, a high academic source, as they say. And I thought that really sort of explains a lot of things right there, you know, the reaction, that kind of stuff. So you've got that going on, that this is a place not only where you give and sacrifice to the Lord, but you give to the government. Can you imagine? So Jesus is overturning the money changers. He drives them out and overturning the seats of those who were selling doves. That's a sacrificial thing. And then this little phrase, verse 16, which I've never really heard anybody teach on or, or preach on. I thought, what does this mean? So I went and found what I think it means. Verse 16, and Jesus would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. Okay, not carry merchandise through the temple? What is that all about? It's really a pretty simple answer. The temple complex was a rather large complex. I want to say it was like nine acres, you know, the buildings and everything. And so... Uh, it had uh, sort of degraded to the point uh, the awareness of what the temple really was and how they viewed it and what they did, that people were simply using it as a shortcut. So if you'd go down here to Walmart to get some groceries, instead of having to walk all the way around the temple to get back home, they were just 
cutting through the temple area. Now, not the temple proper in the Holy of Holies, not that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the courtyard and everything because there's uh, doors all the way around, entryways all the way around. The thing. Mm-hmm. And they were just using it as a shortcut. And Jesus says, no, you're going to quit doing that. No, you're not going to carry merchandise through the temple here as a shortcut. Now, why did Jesus do all this? Well, he tells them point blank, okay? He's, he began to teach them, and he quotes Isaiah 56, 7, and says to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? Now, notice this. This is out of Isaiah, that the house of the Lord will be called a house of prayer, and it's a house of prayer for all the nations. So he's quoting Isaiah. Let me stop right here for just a moment. Um, today, the house of the Lord is not the uh, actual physical buildings where the body of Christ gathers together for corporate worship. That's not the house of the Lord. Now, I know what people mean. I hear it every week, as a matter of fact. People say, you know, it's good to gather together in the house of the Lord. This is not the house of the Lord. Okay, it's not the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord are the people of the Lord. And that is so, so, so important. And now I know people go, well, you know what it, you know what is meant when somebody says that? I do. I know exactly what is meant. But I also know this, that we are called to accurately and rightly handle the word of truth. And if I get up and tell you something continually and it's not a truth or it's a partial truth or it's an incomplete truth or it's a half truth, I'm going to be held accountable for that. Okay? You don't do that. You know, the proper greeting is what? <laughs> hey, look, the, the body of Christ gathered together, the house of the Lord, that very individual you sit, that you're sitting next to, if they are truly saved and born again, they are the very presence of the Most High God, Father, Son, and Spirit. They are the house of the Lord. And that changes everything. When Jesus is overturning the table in the temple right here, he's saying, my house shall be called the house of prayer. If that is to be called a house of prayer, how much more so his people today under the new covenant. But listen to what Jesus says. He said, but you've made it a robber's den. Tell you what, there's a lot of people who profess to be believers and may actually be believers who are robber's dens. They're robber's dens because of the way they live, okay? because of what they do. Now watch what happens. This is Mark uh, 18, verse 11, chapter. The chief priests and the scribes heard this and began seeking how to destroy him. For they were afraid of him, for the whole crowd was astonished at his teaching. Luke gives us a little insight to that. Let me go to Luke chapter 19, verse 45. So Jesus, he uh, drives everybody out. Then it says this in uh, verse uh, 47. Uh, What did I say? Luke 19. Sorry. Uh, Verse 47. And Jesus was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the leading men among the people were trying to destroy him, and they could not find anything that they might do, for all the people were hanging on to every word. They were listening to every word. See, they're trying to find a way to destroy Jesus, and they couldn't find anything to destroy him with, because he was speaking the truth, obviously. But the people were hanging on to every word he says. Let me tell you, if you will communicate Every word that the Lord says, the people will hang on to it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to get up and do what we, most of us, grew up with in the style that we grew up with, with preaching and teaching and things like that. No, I'm sitting there saying, if your conversation is that of the Most High God when you're talking with other people, 
they're going to hang on to every word. They're not going to feel like they're being preached at or they're being taught at or whatever it may be. But I tell you what, if you don't preach the Word of God, if you don't teach the Word of God, if you don't speak the Word of God, if you don't manifest the Word of God, the people are not going to be hanging on every word. They're going to have a hard time hanging on to the seat. They're going to fall asleep. They're going to sit there and just go, oh, what did he even say? What was even said? You know, it's a major, major problem that we have, particularly within the Western church today, that generally speaking, the pulpits when we gather together do not speak the word of the Lord. And there's a lot of them who actually think they are speaking the word of the Lord. They think they're up there, you know, preaching the word of God and they're doing this. And when you point out to them, hey, yeah, you read this, you obliquely referred to this, you inferred this and you said this, my favorite is when they get up there and say, uh, well, you know, uh, we don't have a time to read this whole passage, so let me just read a couple of verses right here, then I'll tell you everything. Really? Let's start off with what the Word says, and then if we have time, maybe what you have to say about it, you know. <laughs> I just go, ah, oh, don't you see what's happening right here? You know, honor the Word of God, and watch what will happen. People will hang on every word. You know what will happen if you do that? Oh, yeah, it'll overturn some tables. It'll overturn tables within us privately. It'll overturn tables within us corporately. And those tables need to be overturned. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.